Hello folks and welcome to another long-awaited episode of the Great Scott Cinema Club podcast. <laughs> I'm your host Chris and I've got that wee giggling man in the background there is Keezy. What's happening <laughs> Keezy, how's things? Aye, no bad mate, you? Ah, come alright, I'm alright, right. getting by. Getting on mate. What about yourself, you. how's things? Aye, yeah. everything's fine mate. That's you? what I like to hear. My hamster died mate. Oh, for God's sake. I know. Sad times. Sad times. But we will march on in her memory. God bless Bell. God bless Bell. Do this episode now. I know, I might just postpone it. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Um so Keezy. Um this year we spun the bottle and it landed on the first year of the nineties, which was nineteen ninety. Some people have been waiting thirty years for this episode, Keezy. <laughs> Hi. A few people w- wanted us to do it then we gave them a couple of choices yeah, and it gave, was we did we gave it a couple of jo- choices. The choices were between nineteen ninety, which won the won the uh, the vote. Um Aye, so guess what's coming up in the next two episodes of Trims? Right, so nineteen ninety Keezy. I remember nineteen ninety being an absolute belter. Right? Aye. I, I remember it being a belter, and I had a wee look through the list of movies, and I thought to myself, Do you know what? I'm right up for watching some of these again. Right up for it. So, yeah, I did. And I quickly learned that I was mistaken about 1990 <laughs> being a belterie a year for movies. I know. <laughs> uh, there's some childhood memories have been destroyed this week. <laughs> no half, man. No half. Oh. But uh, 1990, while, while it did have some absolute honkers, it had some absolute cinematic classics as well. Oh, aye. There is which, a few. This, this time, I'm going to let Keezy take the reins. Keezbo, your time is now, my friend. What's the, <laughs> what's, the, what's the first movie that we're going to be talking about tonight? Yeah, so as always, we go for the biggest grossing. And uh, I think the two is were surprised that this one was the biggest grossing of the year. And it's uh, Ghost. Ghost. Now, this was one of the films that I watched again. You know how I feel about Swayze and... It was, it was, it was tremendous. This is a great film. It's a oh, great I... film. I'm glad that we're starting off on a on a high note here. However, it kind of looks as if it's only all downhill for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love this film as well. Um, Aye, it's great. Whoopi Goldberg is the fucking business in this film. Oh, classic stuff. She's just amazing. In, isn't she it? really is. She really is. Yeah. Um, uh, we've, we've spoken about Ghost before, I think, didn't we? Did we, did we I speak about the Oscar episode? The Oscar episode. The best supporting actress. That's right. That's right. By the way, she watching this again more than uh, deserved, I think. Aye. Oh, definitely. Aye, without a doubt, but uh, it's, it's great performances all around in this movie, but uh, Willie Lopez is my favourite. See, right, just some of, some of that guy's facial expressions when he's getting a do enough nobody, 
It's amazing. <laughs> you know, we, you're, you're watching, you're watching Swayze absolutely push him about when he's just learned for the guy on the train. Oh, uh, yeah. How to how how make contact with solid objects. <laughs> and he goes and he starts leathering Willie Lopez, and it is hilarious, man. The guy's face is tremendous. Um, but the villains in this movie are right bad bastards, aren't they? I know. Uh, the main villain, uh, Tony Goldwyn, he's, he's great in it. He is. Um, he is. You hate him. You really do hate him. Because you can I tell that. right from the beginning how sleazy and, and you know, he, he starts off, he's helping them out and stuff. He's helping them uh, decorate their, their new gaff and what have you. <laughs> and you can just tell that he's, he covets Demi, doesn't he? He covets her. He's getting, <laughs> Thou shall not lie with my neighbour's wife. <laughs> Aye. And, Trying his best to do that, isn't he? But do you blame him? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to show you how good looking I am. Just shave off all her hair. Aye, that was G.I. Jane. She actually shaved that off for G.I. Jane and she, she still went this. No. <laughs> but, uh, ghost, uh, you know what? Uh, see, when I was younger, I used to have uh, I used to have this thing for lasses with short hair. And I think it's because of this movie. Aye, <laughs> but, but, uh, she was good in the film as well. She was really good in the film. Yeah. Aye, um, she does. She does the best silent cry that I've seen <laughs> for a, for a long time. She just that single tear running down the cheek. Oh, aye, oh. aye. That. And uh, this film also famous for Unchained Melody. Aye, that was Mom and Dad's wedding song. Actually, Mom and Dad was married. It? I think it married in nineteen ninety one, and this was the. The big movie the year before, and obviously the Ever Brothers uh, brought out Unchained Melody again, and it went to number right. one for a long time. And, aye, the Righteous Brothers. Yeah, the Righteous Brothers, sorry. Aye, they brought out Unchained Melody, and aye, it was the first dance at Mom and Dad's wedding. So it was. Despite uh, Simon Cowell's best efforts to write this song, I still like it. Or this you, version, you, anyway. Well, you try to say that Gareth Gates' <laughs> version wasn't as good as us. <laughs> We all know Rob St. Jerome's was the best. Oh, aye, without a doubt. Without <laughs> a doubt. <laughs> this film get nominated for Best Picture and all. I no wonder, but because it's a great film. Aye, well, it, definitely. It really is a great film. And do you know what I like as well? See, like when uh, throughout the movie, like when a character dies, they don't realise they're dead yet, and you don't you don't know that you're that they're dead yet either. <laughs> like, uh, when Willie Lopez gets killed and he gets he gets slammed between the two cars. Oh, aye. And he just like rolls over the bonnet and gets up, and you think, how's he survived that? <laughs> and, he, and he turns round and he's lying on the deck as well. Oof. And then the uh-huh. monsters that come up to get you. I remember being terrified of him when I was a wee guy. Oh, that's so bizarre. It's definitely dated now. They're a wee bit dated now, right enough. Aye, but uh, it was, I, I love this film and it it, stand, it stood up. It's still it's still good to this day. Oh, uh, which oh, we can we say a lot a lot this episode. You know what? Well, we'll get to them anyway. But this this aye, isn't well, one of them. This this film's stood the test of time. And do you know what? I think at some point this movie will get remade and it will be shite. Aye, aye definitely. Aye, anybody. Nobody started. That's 30 years ago now, do you know what I mean? Get I a, suppose, get a bash. Why not? Why not? I definitely. Um, so we'll move on then for, for Ghost. To the next one that we've yeah. got on your list. Aye, the next few films were ones that we have spoke about quite recently. Right. Um. So we'll, But they're big films, so we'll mention them again. Uh, first one's Hunt for Red October. 
Who's in which that? We did. <laughs> Sarsion, um, which we spoke about in one of the Almanac episodes. Mm. Um, and we both had it in our top five Connery films. Aye. And it's a, it's a great film, uh, especially the last 45 minutes. Brilliant. Another one was Total Recall. So this is the original. Mm-hmm. And we spoke um, about the remake in the last aye. episode. This is a this is a great film. It's aye, one of these better ones, definitely, and an original premise as well, which is unusual. Aye. Some of the lines in in that film are, are hilarious. Aye, like uh, "screw you" or <laughs> "consider that a divorce." Aye, consider it a divorce. It's on the My favourite one though is "You see, you at the party, Richter." <laughs> I know, but see, when, see when you take a wee step back and you look at that, that guy was being nice to him. Like, oh, see you later on at a party, mate. All right, he could have just let him go about his business, but the bad bit is in him. The bad bit is in him. Quaid. <laughs> Who is it? Played Victor again. Let's say get Michael Ironside. Aye, that's Aye. it. He's great, man. He's a great actor. <laughs> he really is a great actor. That guy. And he was. Is he still alive? I'm not sure. I was listening to Bill Burr the other day, right? And he right. was saying how when he watches a movie now, if it's an older movie, he spends half the movie looking up the cast to see if they're still alive. <laughs> right? <And> I, <laughs> that's what I've been like with uh, the, this week's uh, movies. So I, I'm pleased I, to report that Michael Ironside is still alive. I just thank God. <laughs> right, uh, another one that we spoke about Recently, because there was a remake, was Witches. Ah, the Witches. Aye, it's. Yeah, let's say I enjoyed the remake every bit as much as I as I like the original. Um, Aye. obviously the original the original is going to have a a place in your heart kind of thing because this was probably one of the first kind of horror scary movies that a lot of people their age seen. Aye, you know what I mean because it was aimed at kids, obviously, but. Yeah, before that, can you think of any sort of kids' movie that had that kind of scary edge? Because I can't. No. Um, so no, no. It, but that was all down to her, because she is... I know that uh, Anne Hathaway, she's aye. brilliant. Aye, she I love Angelica Houston as the Grand High Witch. Mm. But she aye. was excellent. Uh, Move uh, on to the... We spoke about this one in the Oscar episode as well, and it's Misery. Misery, right. <laughs> I, I love Misery. I think it's brilliant. Um, it... What, what can you say? Oh. What can you say? It's an iconic character. Um, she's such a horrible, horrible bastard. Oh. Like he's that James can starts off being really nice to her. You know what? Like, by the way, after she's already told him that she's stalking him. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'd come home from work and I'd sit outside your hotel hoping that you'd come out. Straight away, you're... you're Alarm bells are going off in your head straight away, aren't they? Absolutely. Right, but he's he's like, right, you've, she saved my life. Uh, I'm going to be going to be nice to her. So Annie finds the book that was in his folder, Aye. and she's like, can I read it? No, no, because I'm very very private about my books. The only people that get to read the books before they're released are uh, my publisher, me, and somebody that saved me for. A, for an icy death in a car or something like that like meaning right you can read it alright so she goes and reads it and she comes back in and she sits down next to him and he says something and she goes ah for tatty 
was <laughs> bonkers, man. Annie Wilkes for me is one of the iconic characters in horror. Aye. Uh, Kathy Bates is just that, that's the that's the role that she'll be defined by, even though she's Aye. been wanting to do so much more. There's never been a more deserved award. It was <laughs> terrible performance. Unbelievable. You dirty bird. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll, we'll move on to something a wee bit more light-hearted. Finally, what have we got? <laughs> uh, we've got the feel-good movie of the year, Pretty Women. Pretty Women? Now, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Keezy, see when you've said the feel-good movie of the year there, I thought you were going to say Home Alone. <laughs> But I'll tell you something, I watched Pretty Woman, I watched it the other day, and I used to love this film, I thought it was great uh, when I was younger, I don't know what it was, I think I just fancied Julia Roberts to be honest with you, but it's shite mate, (laughs) it's shite, and you know, Jason Alexander plays a bastard in this film, uh, and I had completely forgot that he was in it, never mind (laughs) that he played a bastard, so... To see Jason Alexander knocking Julia Roberts about, kind of made me take a wee step back, because Jason Alexander, obviously, as you know, I love Seinfeld, and he's probably my favourite character. So, um, to, to see him being this bad guy and actually physically attacking a woman in this film, it, it, it blew my mind. But, uh, <laughs> do you know what? There's not a lot of redeeming uh, features for Richard Gere's character in this movie. Nah. Really is, isn't he? He's not a very likeable person. Julia Roberts' character's brilliant. I think she's that tremendous in this film. Absolutely Aye. tremendous in this film. Um, all of the ensemble cast, like uh, the the hotel manager, he is Aye. he's brilliant as well. I don't, I'm not sure of the guy's name, but I've seen him in a few things. Uh, oh, definitely. He's really good. Um, I'll be honest, a lot of the a lot of the acting on this is so on point, it's it's really, really good. But just the whole story for me, there's absolutely no reason for any of it to happen. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Right, this um, guy this guy is a, a I'm assuming a millionaire businessman. He stops to ask for directions. Aye. And then just decides, I am gonna pick up this prostitute. Nah man. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just too far-fetched. It, it wouldn't happen. And no. then then I go back and I think to myself, well, with Eddie Murphy, with Hugh Grant, with all of them picking up hookers, <laughs> so maybe it's not that far-fetched. But this guy's, got, this guy's got enough money, he's handsome, he could have any woman that he wants, and he stops and, and picks up this hooker. That for, me, <laughs> that, for me, is a sexual deviant. So throughout, throughout the whole movie, I'm just like to myself, Julia, just run away, leave him. He's a bad article. Get away from this guy. <laughs> but she doesn't, and they live happily ever after, apparently. Aye. But that's what I'm saying. It's a feel-good movie of the year about a guy falling in love with a hooker. <laughs> but it's, it's still looked upon as a classic. Everybody still loves it. It's stood the test of time. The soundtrack's amazing. Aye, the soundtrack, soundtrack is brilliant. Some great songs any, on it. Any soundtrack we go west on it, so fine by me. Aye, go west and rock set. Aye. And, um, but the, the, one of the famous scenes that everybody loves is the revenge scene. But I just thought that was just nothing. 
Then when she goes into the store and they tell her to leave, and then she comes back into the store all dressed up to the nines and says, "Oh, you get commission, don't you? A uh, big mistake." I was like, ah, "All right, that's it. Everybody goes nuts for that." Mate, I've I've loved that in my in my real <laughs> life, and you know I have. I, I tell oh, you, what so you I, the exact uh-huh. same thing happened to me, and I'll tell you something: it never felt as fucking good. It's like <laughs> a, a, a punch the air and all that during that scene. Can you sell Julia here, you dancer? <laughs> I can see why that scene wouldn't bother you, but having lived that, I can right. tell you tell you quite honestly, it was a great scene. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I I I didn't watch I didn't rewatch it, but I, I still like the film. But as you say, she's brilliant in it, and she got nominated for an Oscar as mm-hmm. well for that. Um, that and Dirty Dancing are the two Aye. films that have got this. Huge cult following <laughs> that whenever it's on the telly or something like that, so you see on Facebook now. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> That's right. Um, right. So the next one is The Turtles. What's the, the full name of it? Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Aye. What's the full name of it? What's wrong with you? <laughs> when I was a boy, see when I found out they were making a, a Ninja a, a Turtles movie, Aye. it was. Holy shit! I cannot <laughs> wait for this. Yeah, I was a, I was as big a turtles fan as you would ever ever get to meet, right? And right. You know why it came out in America a year before it came out here in the UK, right? Is that right? I and see when it came out in America, somebody sent a pirate copy over for us, and my mum says I've got a surprise for you. I come home from school and she's like, I've got a surprise here. I was like, what is it? She's buzzing like, what is it? What is it? She handed me this blank VHS. I'm like, what? what's this? She's like, <laughs> I put it in and see. I put it in, man. And, mate, I sat down in front of the telly and I never moved a fucking muscle until, <laughs> until the movie finished. Honestly, <laughs> I, I loved it. it. It's tripe. It's pure nonsense. I Right. I, I still like it as well. I'll Aye. never watch it again, but I'm still. I know, and it, do you know what? When it did yeah. come out over here, I went to the cinema to see it as well. Right. It was it was great. It, it was exactly what you would have imagined it to be when you were a kid. Right. And it also introduced uh, this new character, um, Casey Jones. Who right. You were like, oh, wow, this guy's so <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> this guy's so cool. And he sees Shredder on the big screen and everything like that as well was, was outstanding. Um, so I thought they did a good job, definitely. Aye, um, aye they did, but it's not... It's, you see the, the turtles, the outfits that the people that were the turtles remember, were they aye. Jim Henson? Was it Jim Henson aye. that made them? I aye, thought I it was. was I thought it was. And, you know, they're... They're good. They're a bit clunky and stuff like that. If they had to do it now, it, well, we've seen that they've done it, but they've done it with CGI. If they had to right. do it, if they had to do it now with practical effects and have actual actors in the suits, it'd be quite interesting to see what they could do with it now. Um, right. But me, big fan, love the turtles, and I probably won't. I won't watch it again because of that. And as you said. There's been a couple of movies here that we've went back to and we've thought, oh my God, that's terrible. I can't believe I liked it when I was a kid. But I want to remember the Turtles movie the way that I remember it, so I'm never going to watch it again. (laughs) It's it's the same idea as Masters of the Universe, isn't it? 
special place in our hearts that Still like, I still like it. I still I watch it. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I a special place in your heart. You don't want to ruin that memory. So steer clear. Hi, but a film that you were talking about there that I did watch again and it ended up being trite was Bird on a Wire. Bird on a Wire is that's uh, Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn. Is that right? Aye, that's it. Right. So I, I thought right, it's an action film with two in it. How you can't go wrong here, surely. But it's garbage. It's uh, he's in witness protection because mm-hmm. he he was informant against some crime bosses or whatever. Goldie wins an old flame, and they and she sees him in a petrol station like fifteen years later. So that's mm-hmm. his cover blowing, and he kind of panics and phones the FBI and says, "Look, my cover's been blown." Uh, and he send me somewhere else and then like 10-15 minutes later two guys come up to the garage that he's working in and blow the thing to pieces so it's about him and Goldie Hawn on the run trying to survive for these people right, so that are trying hold, to kill hold on a minute right that's far, <laughs> that's far, that's far too convenient right first <laughs> of all Goldie Hawn hasn't even told anybody that he's there uh, and uh, the coincidence that he sees her that day that these mafioso are coming to get him. <laughs> Away you go, Mel. Away right, you bloody so, go. Exactly. So he's phoned the FBI and then 15 minutes later these hitmen have turned up. Oh, I wonder who, keeps, who's told the baddies. He keeps phoning the FBI to tell them where he is and he doesn't twig. But this film would be over in about 10 minutes. All oh, right, there's obviously some asshole in the FBI. So it relies on Mel Gibson being an absolute dobo. <laughs> Absolutely, I was like, ah, "This is getting off. This is nonsense." <laughs> but you back in the day, lad, this is amazing. <laughs> I kicking every ball. I wonder who's. I wonder who's. How they're finding out where he is. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a wee guy. This is a thinker. <laughs> <laughs> so I that that was one round, um, but there's there's worse to come. There's worse to come, what's next then? <laughs> so this next film, if anybody asks me what's the worst film you've ever seen, this is high up, Dick Tracy. Mate, don't even get me started, honestly. <laughs> right, I, I, see, when I was a wee guy, right, my mum used to take me to cinema as a treat. Right, it, was a, it was a big treat back in the day, wasn't it? Going to the pictures and you'd get a McDonald's oh. or something after it, right? Yeah, so this was the first time I think I went to... The Forge, remember it was the MGM cinema in the Forge, uh-huh. and uh, it was Dick Tracy, and I'd seen the adverts for it. And I, I was like, "This is this is for me. This, <laughs> this is this is for me now." Bear in mind, I'm eight years old at the time, right? So I'm past the mom. Can we go and see Dick Tracy? Can we go and see Dick Tracy? So I right, okay. So um, we went and I sat down, and even as an eight-year-old child, from the start of this film. Until the end of it, I was just like, this is absolute garbage. <laughs> right? There's a lot of Dick Tracy fans out there, right? There's a lot um, of Dick Tracy fans. <clears throat> I'd be quite interested to see their opinion on this movie. I think this movie should have been universally panned by anybody that ever opened their eyes to it. It was getting, it was getting five stars across the board. Seriously? They get, they get nominated for seven Oscars. <laughs> Am I misremembering it? Because no, I remember, no, it's awful. 
Madonna singing the worst songs you've ever heard and she was horrendous and we haven't misremembered this film at all. Garbage. Utter, utter garbage. Absolutely terrible. But have you watched it again? No. Oh, I could never bring myself to watch it again. <laughs> I think I actually remember watching it the first time and crying because it was I'd ruined my my pick at the video shop on it. <laughs> <laughs> and you never got to pick for another four weeks. That's <laughs> it. You lose a turn. You lose a turn after Big Tracy. <laughs> let's let's just stop talking about this pish. What's the next one that we can talk about? <laughs> <laughs> this is basically Top Gun on Wheels. It's uh, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Right, so if you're going to uh, make Top Gun on Wheels, who do you cast as the main man? But <laughs> He's good in it. Tom Cruise is brilliant. Have you seen this film? Uh, I seen it years ago. Um, uh, I, I've not. I can't remember a thing about it. Uh, but I did have the video game for the Nintendo. <laughs> so he's a he's a NASCAR driver. It's him and Michael Rooker are rivals, right? And they have a bad crash, and Rooker's hospitalised. So, but they become pals. And cruises are right, I'm going to run the enter the Indy Five Hundred in your car. To try and beat the jackass, with, who's played by uh, Carrie Elwes. And is this it? That was this uh, Nicole Kidman's first movie. Aye. This is it. This is where they met. Bet she wouldn't know it. Bet she's like to herself, "I wish I'd never set foot in that set." <laughs> ah, she's doing all right for herself now, right enough. Aye, It was a song for this. It was rock set for this as well, wasn't it? No, it was uh, "Show Me Heaven." Show me how that's what it was. Maria McKee. It's a great song, that. Oh, a brilliant song. Another one there that you're saying, it's got some, it's got some great actors in it, like obviously Robert Duvall, but um, Michael Rooker is a very, very underrated actor for me. I oh, think, I think he's a great actor. I, you know, he's brilliant and see the, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, he's excellent in them. He's really, really, really good in them. Um, but, Top Gun on on wheels. That, that should be something I want to see. So I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give that a bash and watch that one. Definitely worth a watch. I I think I imagine it'll still be good. Aye, definitely. Um, but we'll move on to a completely different film and one I've seen once and too scared to watch it again. Uh, Arachnophobia. Arachnophobia. That's another <laughs> one. This is the very first film, um, horror film, I suppose you would say, that I went to see in the cinema. Man, he took oh, really? me to see this, right? And this movie gets the blame for me being scared of spiders, right? But I was scared of spiders before I went to see this. <laughs> the reason I'm scared of spiders is because I was on holiday, right? And we were on the beach in Portugal. Shout you out at the beach, you get the shower, you wash the sand off yourself and all that. Aye. Right, so I'm standing in the shower getting all the sand off myself and I feel something landing on my head. Right? And... I don't think anything of it because it's a, I'm under a shower. And I looked down and Keezy, the spider was, it was, it was a bit, the width of my hand, honestly, it was, it was massive. And it went next down the drain. <laughs> it, it, went, it went down the drain, right? Aye, next for you home, you're absolutely right. But it wasn't that I freaked out, it was the people around about me freaked out. Right. Oh, oh, oh. And it was like Portuguese people. It, it wasn't my mum or anything like that. She was just like, ah, there's a spider. But I don't know if it was poisonous or whatever, but these people freaked out. 
and a guy picked me up and kind of took me away for the shower. And ever since then, because of that experience, I've been terrified of spiders. So, um, <laughs> so we went to uh, this advert comes on for arachnophobia, and at the end of the advert, it's got the wee PG sign. And the, remember, you used to get the wee <laughs> triangles telling you. Yeah, the yellow triangle. Uh, so it was a PG sign, and I'm like, um, that's for me. Um, I, I want to go <laughs> see this. So I remember, man, he says, right, I'll take you to see it. So are you sure you you want to go in and see arachnophobia now? I says, aye, this is the one I want to go in and see. I loved, it. I loved being scared. This was, aye. and it wasn't a, a guy with razor fingernails, fingernails that was coming to get me. It was spiders. It was something that I could actually like cross paths with in in my own <laughs> house. So it made it hit home that that much more for me, you know. But I, I loved arachnophobia and see this film. It's got some brilliant performances in it, but. Special mention needs to go to um, um, John John Goodman. John John Goodman. Aye. He's the uh, extinguisher guy, isn't he? Aye, he's the exterminator. Extinguisher. Exterminator. Extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> he's brilliant. He's brilliant in it, and uh, obviously it's Jeff Daniels. That's the that's the doctor um, that moves to the new town, and this town's overrun by spiders. So. Uh, and there's a lot of really good visual images in this movie, like uh, when the two old folks sit down to watch, watch the Wheel of Fortune and the spiders in the bowl of popcorn, and they don't know, and somebody goes over to visit them, and they're both sitting on the couch, dead, and they go up close to the woman, and the spider comes out her nose. Me, I nearly <laughs> flipped over the back of the seat in the pictures when that happened, man. Honestly... <laughs> <laughs> there is some really good scales in this movie, really good scales. And do you know what? See if you've got any sort of fear of spiders, and you've got an affinity for horror movies. If you've not seen this movie, then I don't know. I don't know what you're doing yourself because this is still a great film. I watched it not long ago. It is, aye, classic. Um, I've, I've only ever seen it once, but so many scenes like that still stick with you. Aye, they do. Um, they do, and. Uh, when the when the actual doctor that's retiring decides that he's not retiring anymore because he can't yeah. trust he can't trust Jeff Daniels with his, <laughs> with his uh, practice because all these people are dying and he goes home and uh, he's getting into bed and he puts his foot in his slipper oh. and and the spider bites his toe right and then he goes into his cardiac arrest and it's terrifying mate because that's that's how it happens. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's how it happens. So, it's, <laughs> I, I don't. Um, how many times I had to slap the bottom of my shoe after I watched this movie? Terrified. <laughs> I mean, I, I live in Coat Bridge, not, not Sydney or somewhere. So, but uh, I definitely puts a fear in you. But um, it's it's one of my one of my guilty pleasures. This movie, I, I love it. Aye. Well, uh, actually, did you see that photo the other day? The big giant spider in Australia. It was on aye, the wall. Aye, the massive one on the person's wall. Aye, I couldn't even look at that photo, never mind watch this film again. <laughs> and <laughs> ironically, that, that see that spider that was found in Australia, the big massive one, that's, a, that's a Goliath Huntsman. And the, the, the spiders that they used in arachnophobia are Huntsman spiders. Because, oh, is it? Aye, because they look poisonous, but they're not poisonous, so they could use actual spiders. All oh, right, okay. Move on to something a bit more light-hearted, and this is one called Quick Change. 
it's a uh, Bill Murray dresses up as a clown and robs a bank. Right. Um, We're off to a flyer straight away. <laughs> so it's him, Gina Davis, and Randy Quaid, and they pull off the perfect uh, bank robbery in New York. So that was the easy bit. The hard bit for them is to get to the airport. Whatever go could go wrong does go wrong. It's disaster after disaster, ridiculous situation after ridiculous situation to try and get this flight to uh, uh, some desert island miles away just <laughs> to escape with the money uh, with a million dollars. Um, and it, it's hilarious. And I watched it recently and it was still really funny. Um, the supporting cast are great. Uh, the the cop that's chasing them, the old guy. I can't remember any of these actors' names, but uh, they're, they're brilliant in this. Um, it's funny stuff. Um, definitely worth a watch if you've never seen it. Um, it's because Bill Murray's back to his best. He's deadpan reaction to all this crazy stuff that's happening. Um, but Randy Quaid, he's reacting the opposite. He's going to have his nut at everything. And that's hilarious as well. Um, it's it's at the time it, it was a box office bomb, but it was uh, it was well thought. One of my favourite Bill Murray films. There we go. Quick change. Get on it, folks. <laughs> I, I don't want to like go, go into all the daft things that happen, but some of them are really really hilarious. So definitely worth watching. Um. But, and that's, as I said, it's far more light-hearted than bloody arachnophobia, that's for sure. Hey, um, don't touch arachnophobia, <laughs> bro. No, no, I never would. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the next one, you said you've watched it, but you can't remember it. I watched it again recently, and it's Presumed Innocent. Uh, Harry, Harry boy. Aye. So this was a huge film at, at the time. It was... Aye. One of the biggest grossing films. Is a true story? No, no, it was, I think, maybe, I don't think it was even based on a book. It was just famous at the time because of the twists and turns in it. And it's about uh, Harrison Ford. He's an assistant uh, district attorney and he's hired to solve the case of a murder. His colleague who's a stunning woman, but he was having an affair with her. Uh, His boss doesn't think he's, he's handling the case properly. Then it turns out that all the evidence is pointing to Harrison Ford and he gets right. charged with a murder. So Harrison Ford's boss, played by Brian Dennehy. Um so I so he's brilliant in it. It's a great supporting cast. Bonnie Bedelia is his wife. Um but the star of the show is a uh, Harrison Ford's lawyer and that's a uh, Val Julia. He's oh. absolutely he's brilliant in it. It was a joy to watch actually by watching him again so I forgot how what I Really good actor he is. Aye. Um, as I said, it's famous for a lot of twists and turns. It made a ton of money. But it's kind of probably we've forgotten about. It's definitely worth a watch if you've not seen it. You don't, really, you don't get films like that anymore. A good thriller where you don't know if this guy's the good guy or not. And Aye. you don't know who, who's done it. And ah, you don't get films like that anymore. Film. You're right. You're right. Ah. You don't. You're absolutely right. Um, so, it, presumed innocent. If you if you've if you've not seen it, it comes with a keysy guarantee. So, yeah. <laughs> Aye, absolutely. Um, this next one you have seen, and we've both tried to watch it again. Um, it's called Flatliners. 
I remembered, see when I watched the remake of Flatliners, I turned the remake off. Remember, I was telling you, it was, it was terrible. Um, but I had this movie in my head, Flatliners. I loved it. I loved the, the, the original when I seen it. Aye. And I'm the same as you, mate. I tried, to, I tried to watch it again and I turned it off, however. This movie's got a, a bit of a scandal round about it uh, when they made it because... Correct me if I'm wrong, right? But I think Julia Roberts was engaged to Keith Sutherland. Aye. Keith Sutherland had chosen Jason Patrick as his best man for his wedding. That's right. Aye. And it turned out that Julia Roberts and Jason Patrick were pumping behind his back. (laughs) And she left him for Jason Patrick. Aye. What the fuck, man? That's crazy. That's, That's... uh, John Terry and Wayne Bridge stuff <laughs> on, a, on a grander scale because if you remember uh, right these like, these were the future of Hollywood and see oh, after yeah. that happened Julia Roberts was the only one that came out of that unscathed Kiefer Sutherland done fuck all for years right. and Jason Patrick done nothing for years as well and it was because of this that, that that's, that's the reason. Young. That's the reason why it happened. But um, I we've not really got much to say about Flatliners the movie. But when when you're talking about Flatliners, that's the thing that comes to mind for me. So it does. Right, it was definitely around that time. But I I found this film just it was just, it wasn't entertaining to me. It was just uncomfortable viewing, uh, and I just couldn't be bothered with it after the first one where they they kill Sutherland and bring him back. See when they show you what 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 was going on when he was dead. It, mm-hmm. it didn't seem. It didn't look worth it. No, no way did that look worth the risk. No, so no, it's, it's like it was. Just, it was just like a dream, wasn't it? It was just Aye. like a like a dream, but a dream where you could actually be killed. So essentially, you're putting them into Nightmare on Elm Street. Nah, I I remember liking it before, but maybe it was, it's just one of these watch it once films because I turned it off. I think like you did the same. Um, I did. So the next one we've got here is a Van Damme classic. Oh yeah, beauty. And I, I get confused when, when I saw the film list because I was like, oh, what the hell's Lionheart? <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's, it, obviously the film that we're talking about just now, it was called AWOL here, Absent right. Without Leave, because Van Damme's character is part of the French Foreign Legion. His brother gets killed. And he then decides that he needs to go and look after his brother's uh, widow and his niece. And I, I love this film, man. This is, uh, uh, do you know what? This, this is the way Street Fighter should have been. See the Street Aye. Fighter movie? This is the way Street Fighter should have been because it was all about him trying to make money by uh, getting involved in these underground betting uh, rings where two people fight against each other and uh, they wager on their self and what have you. And he, you know what I mean? But there's this mythical fighter called Attila Hi. who, who <laughs> nobody, nobody can beat. I don't even need to tell you any more about it. You know where the movie goes from there, right? Do you know what? This is essentially just blood sport. It really is Aye. when you think about it. It's the same story. But <laughs> this, this one's cool. See a lot of the places where the fights take place and stuff like that. Like there's a he, he fights a guy in a in a uh, emptied swimming pool and stuff right. like that and, and they're wearing they're wearing swimming uh singlets 
like <laughs> having this fight and all that. And some of the, the fight scenes and that are really good. They they are really good. And you're kicking every ball with Van Damme in oh, this movie. I... Um, and it's just a it's a great film. It's one of Van Damme's best for me. It's Bloodsport, and then it's us. Right. Okay. Ah, uh, it's definitely up there for me. Even though I didn't realise it was called Lionheart. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was released as Lionheart in America. Right, um, because okay. they, they thought AWOL, people wouldn't know what it meant, and if they called it Absent Without Weave, it's too long a title. Uh, but I, I'd definitely get a bash, if if not for no other reason other than the fact that Van Damme does kicks. Anytime he does a spin kick, you get to see it four or five times for different angles. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, really great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows what they get into a Van Damme film, and if, Aye, if they all laugh it up anyway. I know, see if you're looking at Van Damme looking for Kramer versus Kramer, you can fuck <laughs> to yourself, know what I mean? And they all make money, I know. Every one of these films made money. There was a time there when Van Damme was absolute box office gold. Aye. Right about definitely. this time, actually. This was That's right, great stuff. Um, we'll go to some of the better films of the year. Right, um, absolute the definition of classic especially for this year and it's Goodfellas now we're talking aye right, as, as you know and as if anybody that's listened to the podcast before knows I'm mad for my mafia movies I love them there hasn't been one anywhere near as good as Goodfellas maybe the Godfather first two Godfather movies I. Right, but for me, Goodfellas is better. I, I I enjoy it more. I'm not saying that it's a better movie, but I, I much more enjoy Goodfellas than I do the Godfather movies. Aye. See if you walk up to somebody and you say to them, why am I funny? Funny like a coin. I, I'm here <laughs> to amuse you. They know it. Oh, they, might, they might not have seen the movie, but they know it. There's so many, even for the very first line in the movie, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a wise guy. Right. And I always wanted to be a gangster. It's one or the other. But um, it's a, for that, it gets your attention straight away. And what you need to remember as well is Goodfellas is a true true story. That's right. Henry Howard is played by Ray Liotta is a, is a real person. Ray Liotta is tremendous in this movie. Uh, De Niro is amazing in the movie. Do you know who's really, really good in this movie? Is uh, really his wife in the film who played Doctor Melfi in The Sopranos. Um, right, okay. She she is excellent in this film. She plays Karen, uh, really his wife. Lorraine Bracco. Lorraine Bracco. Yeah. There's a scene where some guy had taken her out for a date, and tried to fire in, she said no, and he gave her a slap. Aye. It, that filters down to Ray Liotta, who drives along, gets out of the car, walks over, the guy's got three his mates with him, and just absolutely lays into him with the butt of a gun, beats <laughs> the living shit out of him, and then walks over to Lorraine Bracco, was like, here, hide that for me, gets in the car and fucks <laughs> off. Amazing, amazing, but uh, Henry Hill was a uh, was a consultant on this movie because it's based on the book that he wrote. Right, okay. Right? And it's there's pictures, see if you go online, you just type in Henry Hill, there's pictures of him with Ray Liotta 
Um, how how is this guy never been been killed? He's a snitch. Do you know That's what I mean? Right, yeah. And and he's obviously given up his anonymity so that he can do all of this sort of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know how the hell the guys the guy survived as long as he as long as he did. Joe Pesci in this movie is terrifying. Aye, that's a lot what of performance. Aye, there's a lot of older like, character actors, sorry, that were in The Sopranos later on. And when you watch this, like, for example, Spider was played by Michael Imperioli, who played uh, Christopher Moltisanti in The Sopranos. And right, okay. When you know what happens to him, you know. Well, uh, no, I've never seen Sopranos, mate. No, but you know what happens to him in The Goodfellas? He's the, he's oh, the, the waiter. He's the waiter that oh, right, okay. and, uh, and Joe Pesci obviously does what he does. Um, now there's a scene where Joe Pesci is drinking, and one of the one of the ex or one of the mafiosos gets out of prison, and he's having his welcome back party. Aye. But when he went into prison, Joe Pesci was just a shoeshine boy on the street. But now that he's out, um. He's bamming him up. Joe Pesci's climbing the ladder. People can see the potential in him. And this guy is napping up and napping up and napping up because he used to be a shine boy. And see that scene in the bar? That's what I say. Is it just like flicking a switch, man? And it goes for this nice guy to this absolute animal. And he's about, <laughs> the, he's about the same height as me. Do you know what I mean? So... I can't understand how anybody's fearing him, <laughs> but <laughs> you can tell how they're fearing him when when he when he uh, lets his cell go in this movie. Uh, again, uh, you put yourself in a position as well of these people, and when they when they do the big the big heist and they they've got all this money and Robert De Niro's like, right, listen, sit on your money, don't do oh, it. Aye. Aye. don't do it, don't bring any attention to yourself. <laughs> First thing a guy does, draws up in a Cadillac, gets out, his wife's got a brand new mink fur coat on. <laughs> and then he goes, like, ah, What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? Like, Bring a coat back. The guy takes the coat off his wife's back. Do you know what I mean? Gets into his Cadillac and takes it back. But then they realise that they obviously they can't trust these people, so they start bump, bumping them off one at a time. And that's a great that's a great scene as well because it's done to Layla by right. Eric, Eric Clapton. Um, it's a mm-hmm. beautifully shot scene as well. This, it's probably my most favourite scene, I think, in any film. It's, a, it's amazing. There's a scene as well at the beginning, the first time he takes Karen out on her, on her own, and he takes, he takes her to the club and this scene is done in one shot where they follow him from the car all the way right through the club. They take him through the kitchen, get him his own special his special table and sit it right at the front of the stage and it's all done in one shot and it is absolutely exceptional. It's a tremendous, tremendous shot and a tremendous scene as well. But this movie, just from start to finish, it's a movie where... It's on, I think it's on for about three hours and it doesn't feel anything like three no, hours at all, man. You sit down and you feel as if you've sat and watched a movie for about an hour and a half. There's no lulls in it. There's no slow bits. It, from the start to the finish, it keeps your attention the whole way. Right. And good Goodfellas is easily in my top three movies of all time. Easily. It's it's a masterpiece. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm not as big into these kind of films as you are, but 
Oh, by God, I loved every minute of when I watched it the other day. I was like, this is, this is absolutely brilliant. When was, the last it, was. when was the last time you watched it before? About 10, 15, 20 years ago, probably. You'll have a new appreciation for it now, though. Oh, definitely, aye. Aye. No. Um, Scorsese should absolutely have won the Oscar for this. I can't oh, believe without he didn't. Without a doubt. And it should have won Best Picture as well, because it's the best film of this year by a mile. Aye, by a country mile, with the exception of Home Alone, but we'll get there in the end. <laughs> aye. <laughs> um, it's, like I said, it's a film that you can just watch over and over again and it's one of the ones that if it's on the telly again I know I've said this before about a few films but this is definitely one of them where if it's on the telly and you're flicking through the channels you'll just leave it you'll you'll put it on for whatever it is and you'll just watch it to the end it's great it's for me it's it's easily Scorsese's best I think aye I would agree with that definitely but he never won the Oscar that year and the film didn't win best picture either that's because they both went to Dick Tracy (laughs) no they went to Kevin Costner's masterpiece Dances with Wills fair play that's a decent film I know I know aye I think (laughs) if if anyone was going to beat Goodfellas it was going to be something like this Um, it's another three hour epic Ek, uh, it's it's a, it is another classic. There's no doubt about that. Um, Kevin Costner's. A, I thought it was a football film. <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> I sat down it's like getting ready, getting ready, ready for a right good football movie. Like yes, <laughs> that, that doesn't look like more on you. I, it's, tell me um, about it, Casey. Do you know what? I've never seen Dances with Wills. Um, so no. tell me about it. Um, yeah, so Kevin Costner plays a former Civil War soldier. Um, he thinks he's been fatally wounded, so he just goes mental during the war. He just charges at them and everybody's firing at, at him and missing. And he and by him doing that, all he was doing was to try and get killed. But by him doing it, because he had diversion and and his side end up winning the battle, so he becomes a, a civil war hero. And he decides, and when he's honoured, he says, "Look, I want to go and live, experience life in the the frontier before it all gets wiped out." And he goes and lives with uh, Native Americans, who first of all they hate him, but then he wins them over, and then they win him over, and he uh, becomes part of the the tribe and that's what he gets called Dances with Wolves um, and it's just all about his life with them it's a brilliant film um, it's a, a long long film and it's I mean it's, it's not going to zip by the way Goodfellas does but you're not <laughs> going to it's, it's still an enjoyable and you, you can appreciate it how good it is um, the soundtrack's amazing the, well the film score sorry uh, John Barry who's the James Bond guy, does the, the film score for this, and right. that won him his Oscar. It's a great tune. Um, it's a brilliant film. Um, Costner got nominated for Best Actor as well, but he never won that. But he still won Best best Director and Best Film. Um, aye, great film. But aye, that, that's the two standout movies in terms of like, the, the Academy that year. They, they weren't the 
there's a reason Dick Tracy get nominated for seven Oscars because there was bugger all else they hear them to. Aye, that's true. That's true. These two are, are absolute classics. Um, but the next one I want to talk about is... <laughs> so when you said you want to do a, a, a film podcast, for some reason this film came into my head. I was like, oh, that's great. I'll get to tell people about this film because nobody will have seen it. And it's a brilliant film. And uh, This is called Narrow Margin. Narrow Margin, right, what's that? You've got me excited here, what's it about? I've never even heard it, to be honest with you. So it stars Gene Hackman and Anne Archer. Hackers, we're off to a flyer. Right. Aye, so, I, uh, so when I was a kid, I watched this film all the time. I thought it was brilliant. So what it's about is she witnesses a murder, right, and it's a mob boss that's, that's done it. And he's like a big mob boss that they've been after for years. But she's witnessed him kill somebody. So Hackman's charged with keeping her safe uh, and in protection until the trial. But the cover gets blown straight away and two of the henchmen are after them. And that's what it's about. Just trying to keep her safe for these two two guys. Second half of the film all takes place on a train. Right. And it's just about them trying to stay hidden for these guys on, on a train. Right, and the reason that I loved that um, is one of the bits. Right, Hackman comes off the train, gets stopped for like a twenty-minute break or something, and he's organised for two FBI agents to meet him to take the witness off his hands. Right, but is, it, is it the FBI? Is it the FBI agents for Bob on a wire that have turned up? It may have been so he sussies them out right away, saying, no, they're in on it. So he says to the guy, right, oh, I'm struggling, my stomach's kill me, I need to go to the toilet. So Hackman goes to the toilet, and then you see that the two guys talk to each other, and the guy gets his gun out, so he's going to follow Hackman and kill him. Right. So the guy walks into the toilet and looks under the cubicles, and there he sees uh, Hackman's shoes and trousers. He's obviously sitting doing a shite. Right. Um, and the bad guy kicks the door open and it's just the trousers and the shoes and hackers are behind him in his pants jumps yes. him and I'm like, sitting there like that this guy's a genius <laughs> and then there's another bit where the, he's, in the, he's in the trees hiding there's like three guys after him and he does the old take a rock out and throw it so it makes a noise further down the road and then they all run after the noise and he runs back on the train, which is eye-rolling stuff now. But at the time, you're like, this guy's got more tricks than Paul Daniels. <laughs> this is MacGyver's <laughs> da. <laughs> but it's just ludicrous that they're all on this train and there's so many near misses that he's getting off one carriage as they're coming on at the other end. And How long can you avoid two guys on a bloody train? But um, I... I was so disappointed when I watched it again. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Nobody in the right mate. I'm the first person to watch this film in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> but Hackman's still brilliant because he's, he's Gene Hackman. Aye. Yes, I love Hackers. You know that. But I've never even heard of this film, man. So oh. <laughs> did, you, did you sit through and watch it all again? Aye. I watched every bit, yeah. <laughs> I, know, that? I, I, I know what you mean, mate. I know what you mean. Just one of the ones that's close to your heart, but it's a, I, 
see what you said when you uh, the bird on a wire. It's kind of like that again, where Aye. the main, the main characters are utter doughballs for the plot <laughs> to go further than five minutes. <laughs> but you just you just go away, don't you, and just enjoy it for what it is. I sit, man. See if you overthought every film. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, imagine walking into Star Wars like that. Oh, this would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit far fetched. A <laughs> <laughs> good point, actually. But um, but I. It's still a still a stupid film, but if he ever if it ever comes on the telly again, I don't know where these will find this thing. But if you ever stumble across it, watch it. Narrow margins, right? So that one <laughs> that one comes with a easy seal of approval. Um, <laughs> what, what's next? What have we got next, Keezy? So this was another one that I was I've always been wanting to talk about, but because of all the other tripe I'd watched for this year, I didn't watch it again because I want to remember it as a brilliant film. Right, okay. And this one, this one's Pacific Heights. Pacific Heights is this the one um, with Michael Keaton and he's a is it a house or something like that? And that's it. I I remember this film. This was a good thriller, if I remember Aye. correctly. And what you yeah, say is you don't you don't get films like this anymore. See, this is along the same lines as. Uh, Single white female and hand it rocks the cradle and stuff like that. Like, aye, unlawful entry, the uh, fatal attraction, that type aye. of film. Aye, um, that, which would be all near the same time, but that, this is great. Uh, mm. You're right, it's, uh, it's Matthew Modine. Is that Matthew Modine. I sorry, and Melanie Griffith. That's right. Uh, they're the couple that they buy a, this dream house, but they hire they hire out the spare room. And they think they found the perfect tenant in Michael Keaton, but he's an absolute psycho, <laughs> <laughs> and he's absolutely brilliant in it. He's a great baddie. Do you know what? And I it's... watched a I watched a documentary the other night about the comedy store and in, in LA, right? And there was a big section here about Michael Keaton. I had no idea Michael Keaton was a stand-up comedian before he got the Batman job. Was he? Aye. And by the way, he was a good stand-up comedian. He was aye. really, he was really good. Aye, and people were like that. The minute he he had the big time in Hollywood, he just completely quit comedy altogether. And what the see, hell? As you see, you know, I've always said this, right? See if you're good at comedy, you'll be good at horror. Aye, is that it's all the same sensibilities, right? And this is I remember being really creeped out by by Michael Keaton. And this guy, he's he was tremendous. And I remember watching this when I was a wee guy. I shouldn't have been watching it, to be honest with you. But this, this was a great film. This I was the same. I might, I might rewatch again, actually. Guy, this was you're right. I watched this at the time it was it came out, so it would have been eight or nine by the time it came out in video. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember watching it at my grand's house and just loving every minute of it. I was terrified as well. I remember seeing the trailer for it on videos before. Aye. And thinking to myself, I I want to see that film, and I remember I watched <laughs> it in Aunt Kathleen's house, and it was I it was a it was a good film. It's something that I I, I I'm going to revisit actually because I do like Michael Keaton as an actor. I think he's brilliant. Um, and around about that time, there wasn't there wasn't many many better than Melanie Griffiths. I think like at that oh, point no. in time, like we were working right. girl and stuff like that. She had done all of that, Aye. and um, but. 
Julia Roberts came along and Melanie Griffiths went out the window, didn't she? Aye, the rules dried up. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, it's, there's a sense of dread throughout this movie where you think, he, these people are done for. This, this, this guy's there's no way out for these people. And <laughs> I would absolutely recommend this film. 100%. As I said, I was put off because every other film I watched was ruining my childhood. But I think I'd have been safe with this one because it's a great film. I'll tell you one that you wouldn't have been safe with Keezy. Young Guns too. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll be honest with you, mate. The reason, I never watched it. I never watched it because I, I wanted to remind myself about Young Guns before it. So right. I, put, I put Young Guns on and it is utter push. It, it's, it's so bad. See, the, it's, the, the acting, Charlie Sheen is dreadful in it and he's meant to be the leader of the regulators, right? He's just, Aye. he's so hokey, his accent's abysmal and I want to remember Young Guns 2 is being good because I loved it when I was younger and oh. I when I went to watch it again I thought you know what I'll stick Young Guns on first and I watched the two of them back to back I got about 25 minutes in it and I was just like oh, nah can he can he man no. um, so you I did watch it, it again Aye. I've, I've got great memories of this film it's one of my favourites but it, um, and it was good for nostalgic reasons watching it again um, but there's not really much happening in it to be honest they're all great in it Estevez is brilliant. Kiefer Sutherland's brilliant. The Lou Diamond Phillips. And in this one, Christian Slater's in it and he plays a bit of a mentalist. Aye. Um, they're, they're, they're all great in it. The film score in this film, brilliant. And I kind of <laughs> keep going really because there's nothing much else to... Uh, know who's great in it? William Peterson plays Pat Garrett. Um... I mean, as I said, all the performances are good. It's just not that much happening. It becomes like a chase movie. Aye. Um, but I've got great memories of this film and it's kind of ruined it a wee bit because I'll never watch it again now. But the first time I went to see uh, Bon Jovi at Hamden when he played Blaze of Glory and uh, he put the young guns on the on the big screen as the band were playing it. I was like, this is everything I want for a concert. This is brilliant, man. I'm never going to an art concert after this. This is a, this is a, <laughs> the pinnacle. But- Young Guns is probably best given a wide berth now. <laughs> I think it's, aye, if, for people that watched it at the time and have got fond memories of it, well, they'll always like it, but it's aye. not for anybody new. We'll move on. We're going to break a wee rule and talk about a TV movie now. Right, aye, we've never done this before, but we're, we're going to talk about Stephen King's It, which is a, it was a TV miniseries, which was on two episodes Essentially, they've, they've redone it um, in the same style for the movies over the past couple of years, but this is a, an iconic horror movie. I know it was, a, it was made for TV, but it's iconic. It really is. It's probably... I can't think of any other TV movie that's as popular as this. It's probably the most popular TV movie of all time. Definitely. Aye. I can't think of anything anywhere near it. No, definitely not. And do you know what? It was one of the ones that always eluded me as a kid. My uncle uh, and my auntie, who lived in uh, Rob Royston in Glasgow, had it on VHS. Right, they had it. And 
it was it was the official VHS that they would give to the video shop. See the big package, right? The big pack. So they had that. So they must have bought it ex rental, right? Because you couldn't get it anywhere. You, you couldn't get it anywhere at all. And I struggled to find it again for a long time, right up until probably about a year before the new movies were released. And I sat and I watched that again on Amazon Prime, and it's still great. It's it's cheesy as fuck, but right. the, the scales are good. Um, it falls down at the end with the with the uh, spider, but but that was a, yeah. that's always been Stephen King's problem. He doesn't know how to finish a story. No, <laughs> you know, but the, the movies uh, split into two parts, the same as the the cinematic movies that they've released. So the first part's when they're all kids, and that's yeah. that's the best part. And this one, it really is. It's like because when adults are in peril, it's not quite as effective as when a child's in peril. Oh, definitely. Aye. You know what I mean? And that nobody believes these kids, so they decide that they've got to just be quiet about it and deal with it themselves, right? In the new movies, they've done a couple of wee nods to the, t- the TV series. Ben Hanscom, who's the wee fat guy when he's a child, but grows up to be this handsome architect, successful architect. In the movie, when they go to the adult Ben Hanscom, he's in a meeting, and the person that's standing talking is the guy that played the child Ben Hanscom in the, oh, in really? the TV movie. So as um, there's obviously wee nods to the main man, the, the absolute incredible performance by Tim Curry All in right. this movie. He plays Pennywise, the, the antagonist in the movie, the scary clown that's after all these kids. And it's I would say this is Tim Curry's best performance. And, and when you say it's Tim Curry's best performance, you've got a lot of other performances to can compare it to. Absolutely. This is this is iconic. See if this would have been released in the in the cinema, we would be, we would have been talking about this as one of the best movies of this year. Aye, and it scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> you, know, you go back and watch it now, and obviously it's a bit cheesy. It's dated. It's not anywhere near as scary as it was. But see when this came out, this was terrifying. Aye. Really, really, really scary. And I think this is to do, and I think it's actually been proven as well, that this is the reason why there's such a huge amount of people that are scared of clowns. Because when <laughs> when, when they've been asked, they've, they've went back to this. And it's it's the truth. I mean, I, I would oh, never yeah. have been bothered with a clown before this, but then after it, you're like, Christ, clowns are really quite creepy. Even just the film poster, when it was in, you seen it in the video show, I couldn't even look at it. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just, but I, we don't we don't normally talk about TV uh, shows, but this one had team. If you, I take it you've seen it, Keezy. I, I've watched it years ago. I, I did it. Did it scare the shit out of you? God, I. There's a good reason why I have never watched that again. <laughs> <laughs> so do you know what? This is a good one to watch for your kids. Believe it or not, because right. while it's uh, while it's scary it's not too scary it's a wee bit old so not, not every kid's going to sit down and be able to watch it but see if you've got a kid that likes a likes a wee bit of a scary movie i would i would give them a bash with this because it's perfect it's a it's a perfect uh adaptation of the book we'll go for something a wee bit more light-hearted now um nightmare on elm street five <laughs> <laughs> kindergarten cop here we go kindergarten cop Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. 
This is a great film. She's so simple, isn't it? Put Arnie in charge of a bunch of kids. <laughs> you know, it's it's very simple, what you said. It's it's a paint-by-numbers movie. Aye. Every, every single kid in this film is tremendous. It really. Oh, aye. Arnie's tremendous. Arnie's partner, who, as I pointed out to you when I was watching Parks and Rec, is... Uh, is uh, oh, uh, Leslie Knope's mum? That's right. The boy's great. She's a she's a, a very sympathetic character. Um, yeah. The da obviously is a wrongian, but the da is more. Oh, aye. What an old bastard, dear woman she is, man. <laughs> what an old bastard, dear woman. But it, there's so many memorable lines in this film. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not a tumor. It's, it's uh. not a tumor. <laughs> all the stuff that the kids say, it's tremendous, you know. Um, still really funny, really, really funny to this day. Uh, if you sit down and watch it, you will laugh your ass off at what goes on in this film. Um, I genuinely do think it falls down a wee bit when it comes to the action parts when they're, uh, Arnie's trying to uh, rescue the kid who's been kidnapped by his dad. Oh, um, oh that's right, aye. It's, it's, it gets a bit shite. After that, done it. But, <laughs> uh, the the funny bits are very very funny. I must admit. I definitely I. Um, Stuart sent me a trailer not that long ago. Kindergarten Cop Two. Dolph Lundgren. Starring Dolph Lundgren. Aye. Did you not know um, that? No, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I know. I know. <laughs> aye, it's not. It's not a film I'd be rushing out to watch. But if it was Army <laughs> that was in it, I'd get an Arbash. Probably would, aye. Aye, aye. aye without a doubt. But aye, for me, Kindergarten Cops are a right good laugh, and it's the sort of film that if you stick it on, you will you will enjoy it regardless. Why, well, definitely. And from one good comedy to one of the best. Oh, this is Home Alone, and it's got to be aye. Home Alone. Yes, aye. now we're talking <laughs> Home Alone. <laughs> what can you say about Home Alone? I know I've touched on it before. I think we've actually spoke about Home Alone before on one of the shows. Ah, we may well. But it's, for me, Home Alone ran the gambit of being either one of the greatest comedy movies of all time or one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And when you think about it, see the premise for the movie? It, it could be a horror movie. A young boy left at home by his parents and burglars come. And he's on the house himself. He's on the house himself. Aye, if they played it straight, what would uh, an eight-year-old actually do in that situation? Aye. God, that's a, uh, aye. It's a great I mean? idea. <laughs> I know. <but laughs> this is an R film that's got some great actors in it. Um, and aye. obviously Joe Pesci as well. What a year for aye. Joe Pesci when you think about it, man. Brilliant. Two of the greatest films ever made. That guy was in that, that year. Aye. You know what I mean? <laughs> And obviously it's getting Macaulay Culkin. This was his big breakout one, even though he'd done Uncle Buck before it. Aye. Right, this was this was the film. Oh, absolutely. See the, the hardships they went through to get this movie made? I know. They were a bit uh, I like the bits where they just they took punts and all, like we we need somebody to do the music score for the film. Ah, why don't we just ask John Williams to do it? And he does so, it. That's right, but he done it because <laughs> they sent they sent him a rough cut in the movie. Right, aye. And he loved it. And he's, <laughs> he's like, aye, I'll do it for you, no bother. 
right? So that and he done it for he done it for a pittance, right? right? But he, do you know that John Candy, right, worked a twenty-four hour day on this movie because he was only available for one day to shoot his his role in the movie, right? The and hell? do you know he get paid less than the pizza delivery boy? <laughs> what? <laughs> yep, the pizza delivery boy get five hundred dollars. John Candy get four hundred and thirty five dollars for his role in Home Alone. <laughs> Why was that? Uh, because he, he done he done it as a favour of John Hughes. Ah, oh, brilliant! All of the kids you only get to meet them for a minute at the start of the movie, but you already know all of their different characters. It, it's Aye. really really well done. They couldn't sell this movie. They went round all of the different. Um, studios and they couldn't get rid of it and when they eventually got somebody to take it on they were given 13 or 10 million to make this movie right they had to rebuild that house and because they knew that they were going to flood it at the end of the movie they were like right well where can we where can we build it where we can flood it so they built the house in a swimming pool in an old in a school they built the full house that's unbelievable man Honestly, the ingenuity of these people is tremendous. You can see it in the movie. They, they poured their blood, sweat and tears into it. And it comes out and you see every bit of it because it's an absolute classic. I love it so much, man. I honestly do. And I love hearing stories like that with, with the hardship they went through to make it. Sometimes makes the film even better. Aye. But it makes everybody on it like, dig deep and pull off rabbits out of the hat left, right and centre. They make a great film and it's they got the rewards because it's it's going to stand the test of time for another thirty years. Aye, it's a it's a Christmas classic. I watch Scrooge every year because it's a Christmas classic, but I watch Aye. Home Alone every year as well, and Aye. I laugh at the same bits. I laugh my ass off at the same bits. Macaulay Culkin is absolutely outstanding, outstanding. Aye. And uh, all the ensemble cast as well are excellent, but you really do need to give props to Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern because. They're they're probably the greatest criminal duo ever in cinema. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're hapless, absolute tubes. They're likable, even though they're even though they're bastards. I don't I don't even know why we're even talking about it because everybody in their granny's seen Home Alone. Oh aye, and we're going to have to talk about it again in the next episode. How come? Because I'm pretty sure that. We're going to mention some Christmas movies at some point. Oh, and, uh, I think uh, we'll need your top five Christmas films. We've been teasing a Christmas episode for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get around here one year. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> Aye. Do you know what? The next one we'll do, we'll do a Christmas one. Eh? Right. So. so earlier we mentioned Young Guns 2, right? So that was one of a lot of sequels this year, and we'll talk about them all now. Right. Uh, sequels to some great films. First one is Another 48 Hours. I couldn't have sat through it for another 48 minutes. <laughs> Move on. What's the next one? <laughs> uh, Gremlins 2. I quite like Gremlins 2. I've got a wee bit of soft spot for Gremlins 2, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm alright with Gizmo being able to shoot crossbows and stuff like that, that he's fashioned <laughs> his self paper clips and elastic bands, but obviously you've got uh, Lionel Luther. 
Aye. 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 John Glover. John Glover, that's right. Um, he's, he's good on it as well, but uh, they they managed to keep the the main nucleus of the movie. They've they've went more for the child audience this time, Aye, right. rather than the scary horror movie. Which well, let's be honest, the Gremlins, the original one. Uh, my big mate Eugene, right? He's six foot six foot six or something like that. He's as wide as he is tall. See if I put gremlins on, he'll get up and weave because it's so <laughs> it's so deep seated in his mind that he was terrified of it as a kid. So he's still scared of it to this day. But I um, gremlins too was it wasn't a patch on gremlins, but it's a completely different type of movie. So you've got to you've got to judge it on its own merits. And, and I I quite enjoyed it. Too. Fair enough. So the next one is a sequel to one of your all time favourites. It's RoboCop Two. Right, 1998, <laughs> 1998 is a bad year because two of my favourite movies are Rocky and Robocop, Aye. right? Now, Rocky 4 is my favourite movie, so when Rocky 5 got announced, oh, yeah, beauty. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it, right? But I loved Robocop, even as a kid, I loved Robocop. I was right in there. It was really violent. I shouldn't have been allowed to see it, but I was allowed to see it. It, it became... Uh, one of my favourite movies of all time, right? Robocop yeah. 2 is an absolute shambles of a movie. It's terrible. <laughs> it, it's so bad. It's a decent premise. It's just badly executed. The acting's terrible. Robocop makes fucking funny lines and all that. That's not what Robocop oh, is, do you know what I mean? So it just, it's not the sort of film that I would sit down and watch again. I can't remember ever seen it, but I've seen clips of it and it looks dreadful. Oh, it's bad. It is really bad. <laughs> Another one of your favourites, uh, this is Predator 2. <laughs> Predator 2. Um, it's, the wrong, it's the wrong setting for a Predator movie. Aye. With the greatest I respect to Danny Glover, he's no Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. uh, you've got Gary Busey in it, who is an absolute lunatic <laughs> it's get, you've got Bill Paxton Bill Paxton's in it as well oh, um, it's a it's a decent movie if it was a standalone movie it would have been a much bigger success than it was but it was a sequel to probably one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made you know what I mean so we spoke about earlier on Keezy uh, Danny Glover gets onto this alien spaceship at the end, didn't he? <laughs> and the next thing, there's like uh, 10 Predators come out. But the cool thing about this is, you see all of the skulls, but obviously the Predators are game hunters. Right, aye. Right, so um, they go from planet to planet, hunting the the top of the, the food chain right, on aye. each planet. And one of the, one of the skulls on top of, uh, on, on the wall is the Xenomorph. From, oh, right, okay. from Alien, so it was a re, it was a, a wee preempt, it was a wee preempt to Alien versus Predator, um, but I think that's really, that's really as much as you can, as you can say about Predator too. To be honest with you, fair enough. Any else you want to say about Rocky Five or too many bad memories? It's not as bad as everybody makes out. Yeah, aye, fair enough. It's just 
That's Shame, great. Shame, <laughs> Shame, <laughs> Shame, <laughs> Shame, <laughs> Shame, <laughs> Another Shame, 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 so this is three men and a little lady. I quite like three men and a little lady. So they are. Aye, I think it's pretty good. Um, it's another one that's got a good soundtrack as well. Aye, great yeah, song. Aye, yeah. waiting for a start to fall on it. What a tune. Aye, <laughs> I think there's a lot of laughs in this film. It's got Tom Selleck's brilliant in this. Oh, aye, aye. It's Fiona Shaw, who was in the My Left Foot, uh, she's the headmistress of the school that the, that Mary's going to, and she's hilarious in it. She's brilliant. Aye. <laughs> she, she, she pure Selig fact, she fancies Tom Selleck, doesn't she? Aye. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. That's great stuff. And she thinks that he fancies her and all. Aye. Brilliant. Um, Aye, she's excellent. She was actually the headmistress in Enola Holmes as well. So she was. That's right. Aye. Um, she's she's been in quite a lot of stuff for actually. Oh, she's a great actress, underrated. Um, um, it's also got one of the greatest uh, film makeups Mate. ever. Oh, Ted Danson. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> mate, that's amazing. Honestly, do you not think he looks so much like Ric Flair? Aye, Ric, Ric Flair now, but aye, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no point. Are you are you saying? Or just Ted dancing. I don't know. I can't believe my ears. Why, <laughs> 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 oh, guy? That was incredible stuff. <laughs> it really was, man. It was so funny. It's so so funny. Oh, um, why? And obviously, uh, we've got Steve Gutenberg who plays uh, Steve Gutenberg. So <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's let's move on to the next one, shall we? Aye. Still on uh, sequels. This is a sequel to two of the greatest films ever made, um, and this is Godfather Part 3. Godfather Part 3. Um, I think the Coppola cut is coming out shortly. That's right. So, if apparently uh, the studio butchered this movie, uh, Francis Ford Coppola was devastated with how it turned out. So... Eventually, how long are we talking? Thirty years after its release, yeah. we're going to get the director's cut in this movie, and hopefully, it'll be good. However, there is talk that if it's successful, they're going to do the Godfather Four. Now, right, okay. Sophia Coppola is probably going to direct it. You know that, don't you? Aye. You know, and she was in this movie, wasn't she? Well, that's that's the the, the thing I remember most about this film. I thought she was fantastic. <laughs> it's no her fault because it was like a last minute thing. But God Almighty! Ah, who was it? Were, it was supposed to be somebody else. And what was it? Did Francis Ford Coppola say, "No, I want, I want her to play it. I want her to play the role or it something was like that"? Maybe Winona Ryder, but I think she was either making Mermaids or Edward Scissorhands at the time. One of them overran and she couldn't do it, and they just they gave they gave the role. To, Sophia Coppola and it's it's astonishing. Had she ever acted before? Because no, it looks as no. if she hadn't. No, uh, she hadn't. No. She's just she's just reading words off a, a sheet of paper. It's not acting. I, I think I've seen it once, but I think I was put off yet by the way that everybody made it such a big deal. 
you know, I, uh, it was about how bad it was. I remember actually liking it, but I um, obviously it's a, you can't compare them to the first two absolute like masterpieces. Epics, mate. The two of them. Aye. Um, but we'll see what the, the, the director cut brings and if there's a fourth. I'll give it a go. <laughs> of course, mate. See if, see if they announce another Godfather movie. I'll be camping outside the showcase for about a month before it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely, aye. <laughs> um, so we've now, we're now coming to two of your favourite sequels. First one is Die Hard 2. Hate it, shite. What a push. <laughs> It's the next one. No, I'm always wrong. I watched I Hard 2 the other night, mate. And I, I remember thinking to myself that Die Hard 2 was a bit shite, right? But when I watched it the other night, I loved it. I thought it was Aye. great. Um, obviously, it's very, very fucking... It's very convenient. Oh, aye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I love, the, I love the fact that he wins he wins them all over. See everybody that's doubting him with the exception of the big boss. The minute the big boss comes in, he's like, right, we're, we're doing what McLean says here. McLean knows Aye. what he's talking about. <laughs> right? And you obviously you've got the two bit cop that's got the his badge on it. Who the fuck do you think you are McLean and all that? that <laughs> loser. Uh, you get a wee bit of owl as well, don't you? But Aye. you've also got Those the janitor. Aye. You've got the janitor who kinda plays the owl character that, that Aye. Uh, that McLean goes back to every every twenty minutes or so to make sure he's all right. Um, William Sadler as the baddie is Aye. excellent in this film. He's really really good. Oh, he's also, a good baddie, yeah. The general as well. Um, the general that comes in to fix things up. Oh, mm-hmm. Also, McLean says, "I thought you were an asshole." He's like, "I'm an asshole, but I'm just your type of asshole." I, see, I remember watching it the first time, and I'd never seen that coming. See that twist? I'd never seen it coming, man. It was, it was a good twist. It was a good twist. But the, the way he meets his demise is fucking grim. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought we were friends, McLean. Uh, I've got enough friends, asshole. Aye. Are we, are we? Anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> my favourite bit in the movie is like you said there, you get you get uh, Al shoehorned in. You've got the t- you've got the TV guy shoehorned in. He just so happens to be in the same plane as Holly, right? Uh, my favourite shoehorned thing in this entire movie, right, is Yippee Kaye, motherfucker, because. <laughs> There's no reason for him to say it. You see, there's a, re- there's a reason for him to say it in Die Hard. Aye. Right? He's I talking don't... about Roy Rogers. He's... But in this, there's absolutely no reason for him to say yippee ki motherfucker whatsoever. The only no. reason for him to say it is because that was the line that everybody used for the first one. And they're like, that's now, that's now your catchphrase, John McLean. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Aye. Because he's, he's only seen it for us because there's nobody within I know. fucking 200 yards of him. I know. He's got a lighter. <laughs> he goes, ah, chucks a lighter onto the, the jet fuel. You be kidding, motherfucker. What, what, what John? What are you saying that for? <laughs> Still great, but you laugh it up, don't you? Aye, you do, mate. You know, there is a, there is a, lot, of, a lot of convenient uh, plot parts there. You, you just go away because it's an entertaining film. And it is, mate. Of course it's not as good as Die Hard but it's still a, a good Die Hard film still one of the best action films of the year I'd say Aye. definitely Die Hard was amazing Die Hard 2 was good it wasn't as good but it was good oh. and then you think to yourself oh, this franchise is going to fizzle out 
and then they come back with Die Hard Revengeance, which was even better than Die Hard 2. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, there, there's, there, you know, anybody that listens to this knows we love the Die Hard movies, you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> it's Die Hard 2, uh, now that I've been back and watched that again, I've got a newfound respect for it. Brilliant. And now we come to the last film. Right. And it's, again, another sequel to one of our favourite films, and it's Back to the Future 3. Back to the Future 3. Is that the one with the train? <laughs> uh, that's what everybody says, isn't it? The one with the train. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like that, right. So what's the most iconic thing about Back to the Future? Oh, the DeLorean. Right, let's get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> This is the favourite, my favourite of the tanning, the tanning clan. Uh, <laughs> mad dog. Uh, mad dog tanning. He's brilliant, isn't he? <laughs> oh, uh, excellent. But um, uh, it was they filmed number two and number three back to back. I remember, man. We were, we were at, I was at my granny's one Saturday, and my cousin came in and said, "I've got some big news for you." I was like, what? He's like, they're making Back to the Future 2 and 3, and they're going to be coming out a year apart for each other. I was like, how do you know this information? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get your information in 1989 or 1980? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a strange one, but uh, I, I remember him telling me, and I was buzzing for it. I was buzzing for Back to the Future 2. Love Back to the Future 2, but Back to the Future 3 is not my favourite film, I'll be honest with you, Casey. Nah. Nah. Uh, no, I, I've always liked it. I know it's probably the weakest one, but nah. uh, it's a decent ending to the, the trilogy. Um, I, I think Mary Steenburgen's brilliant. Excellent. Mary, Mary Steenburgen's brilliant in everything, though. Uh, her and Christopher Lloyd are great together in this. Um, it's amazing. You don't f- I, didn't, I didn't fancy Mary Steenburgen until Elf, about 15 years later. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't fancy her until Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> it's even later than that. Do you know what I mean? I Larry loves her, doesn't he? Oh, aye. No wonder. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> um, she's she's one of the she's one of the older women that's getting better with age. Aye, definitely. <laughs> um, a doubt. But married to uh, Ted Danson as well. That was a decent year for their household, then, wasn't it? Three men, not old. Oh, definitely. Aye. Back to future three. Um, also, the ZZ Top tune is our uh, trailer game jingle. Is it? Aye. <laughs> I remember when they're on the dance floor and the doc dances where for the first time. ZZ Top are actually in the movie, aren't they? Aye, yes, aye. aye. And the, the doc turns into Fred Astaire. <laughs> what a mover. He doesn't have two left feet anyway. No. Uh, one thing about this film that ruins it for a lot of people, and it's the plot hole, that there's actually two DeLoreans. There's two DeLoreans in that timeline. The whole point of them using the train to push it along the tracks is because it doesn't have any uh, gasoline. Mm-hmm. But the, but he's he's buried in another DeLorean in the mine shaft. So why don't they just go and get the gas for that one? That's a good and then point, the movie, actually. The movie's over in five minutes. 
I know, but listen, see if you've done that with all of them. There's problems <laughs> all in the fucking shops, you know what I mean? But you could say, does that affect the timeline and does that create a new timeline and stuff like that? I listen, if you, get, if you get muddled up with all of that stuff, you'd never enjoy a film in your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Aye, true. But, it doesn't wait. bother me. I, I still like it. <laughs> but that's us. That's all the films for 1990. Well, all the films worth talking about. It just leaves us to pick our top threes in, Keezy, so... That's it, aye. Aye, as always, I pick my favourite ones. Aye. Aye, we pick our favourites. This is, this is what it's about. It's about our favourites. It's not about the best movies. It's about aye. our favourites. just so happens that my favourite this year is one of the best movies I've ever made, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, well, hang on. We'll, we'll, we'll go. What are you having in at number three, Keezy? I'm going to put but I can't, I can't leave it out. Back to the Future 3. It's going to be number three again. Back to the Future 3. Yeah. Right. Okay, though. Fair play. Um, for number three, I'm going to I'm going to go for arachnophobia. Aye. Aye, I'm going to go for arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it reminds me eh, when I went to see it in the cinema and stuff, and it, it's, you know, it was it was great. It was great, and it scared the shit out of me, which is always a good thing. <laughs> right, so what's your number two? Uh, I'm going to go for Ghost. Ghost, that's a good shout. Wait a minute, that means that you've left out either Home Alone or Goodfellas. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so I take a qualified at the start that these are my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to go number two, I'm going to go Home Alone. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> oh, no. Can I double up? I've never doubled up before. I, yes, you can double up. You can double up. I can't leave it at the name of Narrow margin. Narrow margin. Home Alone. Home Alone. You're going, you going for Home Alone? I am leaving good fellas out. Oh, that's, a, that's a sorry state of affairs, mate. No. Uh, but uh, aye, as, as I said, I'm a huge mafia buff. I love the, love the mafia movies and stuff like that. So I'm going to go with Goodfellas for my number one because I genuinely do think it's one of the greatest movies that's ever been made. Aye, and you're absolutely right. It is, and I'm an idiot. Right, so that's going to take us on to the Quiz movie battle, <laughs> and I have. The random actor generator here right now. So right. it's a decent one. We've got Brian Cox. Jeez, oh. right, that's okay. a good one. That's a good one. So you want to toss a coin, see who goes first. Right, uh, you calling it? I'll go for heads. Heads it is. Oh, so I get to go first. I'll be honest with you, mate. I like Brian Cox, and I've seen him in a lot of movies. So I think um, you might be, I think you might be struggling here. And there's a there's a wee thing that I know about Brian Cox that I don't know if if everybody knows, right? So first movie I'm going to go with is Braveheart. Right. What I'm going to go with because it's the only damn thing I can think of in the now is a Super Troopers. Super Troopers, great shout. Brian Cox is one of the very few people who in 1995 were both was in both Braveheart and Rob Roy. Oh, was he? Yes. Uh, he, was, he, was in, he was in a film called The Rookie, a Disney movie called The Rookie about a, a baseball player. 
He was in that. Oh, I know that one you're talking about. I didn't know he was in that, right enough. Um, he, he was in uh, A Shot at Glory. Was he? Nah, he was in A Shot at Glory as well, eh? I can't even mind the film that he, he was in. I can't remember the name of that one. What was he in? This guy's been in on all the stuff, Keys Pokemon. No, no. He's in that with the TV show, but we're obviously not like that. What, so what am I even talking about? <laughs> uh, was it is it Manhunter it's called? The the hangar, the uh Hannibal Lecter movie. Aye. I think he was in the original one. Or the one Aye. Anthony Hopkins. I think he was in the original one, wasn't he? Ah, he was in it, thank Christ. He, he was, I knew he'd played Hannibal Lecter, I just couldn't remember what one it was. Aye, that's right. Aye, it was, was Manhunter, you're right, I knew that. He was in X-Men 2. Played Striker, remember? So he did. Oh, you're just batting it right back. I'm getting mixed up with him and another actor, Ian Holm. Shit. <laughs> I've got two more now. I've remembered one, and it's because of something that you've said. Because of something I've said? Aye. It's completely jogged my memory. No. Oh, no. Was, he in, was, it, was it him that was in Garden State? Or was Garden that State. Garden State. The, the Zach Braff film? I know the film, I can't remember a bloody thing about it because it was shocking. <laughs> nah, it was Ian Holm. Shit. Oh, I still need to get one though, don't I? No, because I went first, I've won. Yes, that's, what's that three in a row? Aye. You're on a heavy down, you know? Do I know the other one? Super Troopers 2. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Oh, that's stupid. And the that's, other one, the other one that I had was Troy. He played Agamemnon and Troy, King and Agamemnon. He did well there, mate. That was a good effort. Decent, decent. So, Casey, <laughs> that's the films of nineteen ninety. Some classics, some channels. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think that we've tried our best to do the do the year justice. Um, again, if we've missed anything or if we've left anything out, get in contact with us via Twitter. Um, I'm obviously on a mad streak here with a actor quiz movie battle. Um, so, Keezy boy, don't let it get to you too much. Um, <laughs> with that, my friend, we are out of time. Whoa.